conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy what are you surprised for? A new background? Oh, no, that's new you. backgrounds. That's nah, just me. You. I'm the one that moved. Got the new setup. Uh, but no, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I missed one week when uh, you in two weeks. Well, yeah, we'll count the other one. But miss uh, last week's with you and Jamie because you know Wi-Fi is spectacular. We'll, we'll get but, into that in a minute. But yeah. yeah, ratings went through the roof last week. Apparently, yeah, I can imagine. You know, some, something happened where uh, listenership just skyrocketed. Just, yeah, so, I was I was a little shocked because like it went live, and then all of a sudden I just saw our numbers jump like all day. It was crazy. So maybe I should just never join ever again. Yeah, Jamie, what are you doing every Monday? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's too good. How was the week? How was everything uh, with Jamie? I got to tune in a little bit here and there when I was at favor, but how was that episode in general? It's great. I mean, Jamie comes with the knowledge. I, I tried to drop a curveball on him and he's got answers. So he knows he's stuff. got the data. He's got the data. That's why yeah. we love him. Yeah, last week I was down in uh, in Miami with the storied team. Had a great time. Nothing uh, beats you know a good solid week with your colleagues trying to get everything geared up before launch. So uh, yeah. sprinkling some fun in there and um, maybe a touch of Hollywood, but we'll uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> did I get to did I get to see some cool uh, Lifehouse videos from you? Yeah, uh, we went, we went by Lifehouse. Um, big fan of the brand. We just went to have a cocktail, and they turned out to have some live music, and uh, had an absolute blast. Stayed there for three or four hours, listening to and singing along to <laughs> to a couple of guys down there. Uh, it must have been more than one cocktail of you singing along. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, cool. No, it looked great. 
and uh, I was sad to miss last week's episode, but you were in Miami. I was in Florida. We were a hop, skip, and a jump away. Uh, but I know, speaking of Miami, we'll be in Miami together in person. Two weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. Three yeah, weeks. give or take. Um, so very excited for that, to see the Book Direct show. Um, it's going to be a really cool time with a lot of our industry friends, obviously. So always a yeah, good time. We'll have to go live Tuesday, right? Instead of Monday? I'll be there Monday, but you know we can always go live in person. I'll, I'll be traveling Monday. Yeah, we'll cool. do. We'll delay that. We'll go live Tuesday. Cool. cool. Everybody sees how we do planning. Yeah, they uh, should, <laughs> should have seen us earlier this morning. What are we talking about? Uh, here we go. Let's talk about it. Someone doesn't read the topics I send them, but that's all hey, good. Uh, sorry, so I had a it. I had a long week. I, I got seven hour delay on my flight home. Uh, seven hours. I didn't get home until four a.m. You know how long day. my delay was. Zero. Zero hours because you flew Delta and you're prime. No, I was early. Um, oh, so wow. I was, yeah, but Delta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. Well, sweet. Uh, let's jump into it. We we had very little, I would say little comparatively to the previous week's um, you know, activity inside the news. Um, not a lot of announcements happening, um, but as you and I were kind of talking about is probably due to the fact that, you know, it's conference season and everyone's kind of waiting for the big, the big showtime, the main stage, which I believe would be Verma this year. So um, I know we'll have a couple announcements during the book direct from a couple companies that have given us a heads up, but outside of that, I think the big ones are for the RMA. Yeah. This is typical for the space. It goes quiet for like the, two or three weeks before Verma and then you know, one or two weeks out, there'll be a, a bunch of news, but a lot of our news this week is on the hotel side. So mm-hmm. excited to, to share some of that. You want to jump into it? Yeah. First one, let's go. I'll let you take it away, Mr. Golden. Uh, so Innsmore has a pretty well-known and, and high-end brand called Hoxton. Um, We've talked about this a lot during COVID, how hotels should just turn into co-working spaces. And they have. Um, and it makes total sense. Like hotels are designed, especially on the, the higher end of the spectrum, designed very well, have nice amenities, have good you know, coffee shops, tea houses, whatever. Uh, the biggest prerequisite for it is really good quality internet. Uh, which eliminates some brands from the ability to turn on co-working in their um, shared spaces. But if you look at your typical hotel of past, every hotel has a conference room that's almost never used. Every hotel has a business center that's almost never used. And if you convert those into cool spaces that people want to spend time in they will um so i I like it um you know any additional revenue to a hotel in this day and age is a win so um i'm a big fan i'm glad people are especially on the luxury side are not scared to try new things i think they've been piloting this for a little while and they're just rolling it out to, to more properties now so yeah, totally agree. And my, my, if I had one gripe, and I normally don't like to gripe on the show, but and it has nothing to do with a certain brand that we're probably thinking or talking about. But um, 
my one gripe about like cool spaces, right? So like the apartment building I just moved into is got a co-working space. It's got a restaurant, rooftop bar, like all these cool amenities, right? But then the staff and the team is so disorganized and it's so like it's a hip space, but it's inconsistent. And that is what frustrates me. So hopefully, um, you know, like if their hours are from seven to eight, you better be seven to eight. And then not just one day be like, oh, well, our kitchen staff needed to do a meeting at 7 p.m. So we're going to close the kitchen early without telling anybody. Well, I even think though that's we're open a hotel and a multifamily building. A hotel. But, that, but I was I was going to say hotels don't create these cool spaces and start doing stuff like that where they're trying to be trendy and hitting like a younger crowd. Um, because I've seen it outside of not just like the building I'm in now, but you know, there's some, there's some cool properties out in Seattle and Portland that I've stayed at. And again, very, very cool, attractive spaces, but the inconsistency of, you know, their operation um, can be kind of a big hindrance on the loyalty, like rewards members. And even just people that are looking forward to having like a dinner at six thirty or seven when in fact that they close it early without telling anybody. So just a, uh, just a little gripe for those hoteliers out there that think they're trying to be cool. Be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I, I mean, think. this, Hoxton is a known brand, but it's not a globally recognized brand. So having something like this can help their loyalty and repeat business travelers. So I think there's a, a good move in here for smaller brands that want to build consistent loyalty travelers. So 100%. And shout out to uh, Andy, who's watching us live right now on on LinkedIn, correct. Consistency is key. Good morning, Brian. Hello, everybody. Everyone's tuning in live today. I love it. Um, so the next, the next one, we we kind of were joking uh, about the Wi-Fi, and some brands can't do it. But speaking of the brands that can't uh, actually turn their space into a co-working space, based Wyndham off of has <laughs> plenty of money to acquire. I think it was forty-four million dollars to acquire a new brand. Yeah, but we couldn't get Will online for the episode last week at a Wyndham hotel. So, um, to Wyndham's defense, it might be a franchise issue, but it should be covered in the franchise terms that you have to have quality working internet of a certain speed in yeah. 2022. Um, yeah. so kudos to Wyndham for spending money in, in certain places and not others. Um, but this we used to have a, a segment on the show called who's brands it anyway, where basically yeah. the top five or six hotels collect brands. And this is another highlighted example of just that. Um, it's great to see as we gear up to launch storied, but uh, I, I don't think it'll slow down. The, the travelers are looking for more and more specific and unique experiences Mm-hmm. And you can only do that through micro brands on the hotel. I agree. Side. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's very interesting because we've covered this before. I know we've covered this before. We actually had an episode called uh, "Big Brands, Little Brands, No Brands," and basically going into you know these big brands. I'm a, always going to be a Marriott loyalist, um, but I also don't like some of their niche brands or their their sub brands underneath them but i'm also a big fan of a couple of them underneath as well uh 
so it's very interesting to see this and i kind of wanted to actually ask you michael do you think this is kind of coming into the vacation rental space a little bit more or do you still think we're focusing on the big brands first and then in the future those big brands will eventually start branching off into more micro um, brands if you ask the average jail on the street what's a vacation rental brand the only the only one they'll say is airbnb mm-hmm. they and if you ask a slightly older person, they might say Verbo. Um, until there's density, there there is no brand in vacation rentals. Um, you can brand your properties. If you drive down 30A in Florida, you'll see all the brands. You know, people put their big signs out in front of the the house or tattooed on the deck or garage, but there is no brand like Hilton or Marriott or Wyndham until mm-hmm. there's density. And when Vacosta is the biggest company in vacation rentals and they have 35,000 and the next is like tenfold smaller, mm-hmm. uh, tough, tough to brand. So there's just the best strategy that's out there in my opinion is, is franchising. Uh, which is basically the hotel model. Yeah. So it takes time. I do think we will get there as an industry. Casago, iTrip, um, there's a Skyrun, there's a few others that are franchising. I think that's the type of thing that's going to get us to a point where there's nationally recognized brands. Uh, But it's a lot harder to also have the consistency you need for a brand in vacation rentals. So, uh, we'll get there eventually. I think we won't get there without franchising because if we've learned anything as an industry during all the roll-ups of the past few years, uh, with Wyndham, Bacasa, Turnkey buying companies, um, it's local operations still really matters and Mm -hmm. no, no better way to do that than a franchise. Yeah. I will say on a local level, I think there is a really strong play for vacation rentals. You know, even like my my family that lives in Orlando, they don't know a thing about vacation rentals other than the property that we have out there. Um, But they did recognize Cassiola. So I will say like on a local level, I think when you do really great branding and kind of market um, awareness, basically just through their cleaning vans and all this stuff, you know, like, and just hearing, you know, talk to Dennis and Michael, the CFO. Um, so Dennis CEO, Michael CFO, um, in at favor last week, you know, they just launched Miami, um, going away from single family, getting into more urban and condo apartment style property inventory to then, you know, hundred plus units in Aruba already. Um, so I don't know. I do believe that maybe there's some brands that I think if you do it right, kind of like Cassiola, could eventually maybe not nationally and at least for a long time uh, get super recognizable. But on that type of local level, I think it's really important as an example of what to look at and how they're doing it. Because my, if my, if my brother-in-law and sister who have no idea about anything outside of uh, Airbnb can naturally recognize a, a brand locally in their market, I think that's also a really strong play. Yeah. It's, it's strong for the traveler that goes back to the same market every year. Yeah. Uh, and there's plenty of those people for sure. But 
if your family wants to go anywhere but Orlando, yeah, they don't know anything. Uh, they don't know any other brand. The is Cassiola doing franchise in Aruba? I, I, I thought not they franchised. Were. No, that but the the Aruba law. So what I understand is kind of like um, Bermuda, from what I understood from Andrew McConnell. But it's you have to have an operator that has a majority stake in the business on the operations there. Um, so they have to be a local. They have to be a citizen. They have to you know have you know proof of uh, not occupancy, but you know tendency or whatever living there for x amount of years but you know still that's i would say pretty big in the sense of they launched it a couple months ago and now they're already like over 100 and something properties there um so owning the market pretty much um professionalizing it bringing in their their tech their systems um yeah what a great thing as a founder when you find your favorite vacation spot just go open another market yeah (laughs) seriously I'm sure Dennis loves and or loved Aruba, and that's that's in why he ultimately ended up opening shop 100%. There in 100%. Miami too, for that matter. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, it is fall, which means aside from pumpkin spice lattes, it is football season. I know you don't care about sports, Will. I live yeah. in a college town. Uh, um, we have a terrible football team this year, but we won't get into that. Uh, but it's graduate hotels time to shine. And by golly, they're putting out some news. Uh, they put it out right at the beginning of football season. We didn't have a chance to cover it at that point, but guess who's getting into short-term rentals. It makes sense. A, a hotel brand that really just goes into college towns. Um, they need to get into short-term rentals because People that are going to visit colleges, it's either families going to visit their child. Um, so it could be three, four people going to visit their one of their kids. Um, and it's groups going back for sporting events, whether it's football or basketball or anything else. And booking a hotel room, if there's any more than two people, just doesn't make sense. So then expanding their brand into vacation rentals, I love it. It's a perfect fit. I used to short-term rent my house out during football season or graduation or anything like that. And you make a ton of money and people will pay a premium to all stay under one roof versus the ADR of a hotel. So um, you know, local local cities are worried, of course, about parties and things like that. But okay. um, the majority of people coming, if they're there just to purely party, they're probably crashing on their friend's couch. Yeah, they're right? not staying at a vacation. They're not, they're not paying $2,000 a night to rent a house, even if they no. try and pack in 10 people. So yeah. I love the move. Um, further evidence of hotels seeing benefits of playing in the short-term rental space. Um, and then vice versa. You, you just mentioned Cassiola expanding into full buildings. Full buildings mm-hmm. are hotels. Um, if it has a kitchen or not, it could be classified as a short term rental, sure, but it's a hotel, and it makes sense. Like the the bleed over from one market to the next, or the benefit of having a branded stay at the graduate. You know, it could yeah. be um, people who just are obsessed with college football might 
only pick places that have graduates. Like people yeah. are people are funny like that. So I I like the move. Um, I see it firsthand eight Saturdays every fall, but it's more than that. You get bookings for graduations for mm-hmm. uh, homecomings, um, just various events, bringing grandma to come into town. So um, yeah, cool cool to see a number of hotels doing different things this week. So looking forward to to the next few weeks and the news cycles that might come up. Oh yeah, we'll have a lot to cover. Uh, but it's really cool, like you were just saying, though. I think the diversification of inventory from like the Cassiola standpoint, right, going into urban markets slash, uh, you know, Aruba outside of Orlando and Miami, um, to then you know graduate hotels going into vacation rentals. I think diversification of inventory super important. Super, I think you know, maybe a little delayed. I kind of maybe figured more companies would do this earlier after COVID, but um, hearing that, it's like, it's really cool because like we you also mentioned earlier, any revenue outside of the nightly rate is super important. And I think um, diversification of inventory is also very important just as, along the same lines as that. So very cool. I uh, am not a sports fan, but I'm also... Uh, very happy that uh, Russell Wilson followed me here to Denver, and you know they're they're not winning in a great way, but you know Broncos are doing okay. Uh, it's been a little a little brutal to watch, but I'm I'm now gonna switch over from my uh, Seahawks hat to a Broncos hat wow. just because I'm a I'm a bandwagon uh, follower. Just like that. I yeah, I don't. Well, he didn't last long, huh? No, no. Seattle's not that great either way. So a lot of people think it's super super cool. It's not that cool. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where I'm at with all that. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, but good stuff. Yeah, disassociate. Um, yeah, very good, very good. Anything uh, to wrap up uh, with our listeners for the week? I know we had a couple other people on uh, LinkedIn Live saying good morning. So good morning, Steve Turk, and uh, good morning to everyone else who is going to be watching the replay. Just want to make sure, give you guys your your shout outs. Anything from you, Michael? Before we head off, no, um, it was a it was a big week for our company last week. So hoping to carry that momentum through this week and uh, gear up for launch next week. And say perks of uh, being on a morning news show is that you get to drop it break here first. It will, <laughs> be, it will be where we break the news. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Well, we'll see you all again next Monday. Make sure you like and subscribe on all things. Good morning, hospitality from Spotify to Apple to YouTube. And we'll see you all again next week. Mm -hmm.